Hello, everyone, and Merry Christmas. In case you celebrate Christmas. If you don't, you know, whatever. It's not important, is it? I think it used to be. When I was a kid, I loved Christmas. I really, really did. I was enjoying the lights, the decoration, the music. I mean, my parents used to hear the classics, you know, like Frank Sinatra and all that stuff, the 40s of, of Christmas songs of the 50s. Um, those were great times. I really enjoyed that. I listened more to that stuff during those times than anything else from the 80s. And I was anticipating, you know, uh, getting new cool presents. And at one time, I got the, uh, I think I, I, I told you that story before, the, the Ecto-1 from the real Ghostbusters, as well as on a different Christmas, or maybe it was birthday, but I think it was Christmas, I got the actual firehouse. I, I wish I still had that, but, you know, where to put it? I have no space. <laughs> I have no space. Speaking of space, uh, one of the um, newest achievements here that I have in my area, directly across from me, uh, by my neighbors, actually, or at the residence of my neighbors, is a garage that I rented because they have one spare and they're not using it. Now I can park my car there. That's awesome. I love that. I just pay a few bucks for it per month. Very nice people, it seems. And um, I even have enough space to actually do an improvised work shed on the side in that thing, which is important for me because I have no basement. And... Uh, I think if, you know, if, if the prices might drop in regards to what wood costs at the moment, the cheapest wood that you could buy, um, I think two years ago, at the time when I was over two years ago, no, wait a second, what, what, what am I talking about? I think two years should be fine. When I started building this, this living room cupboard of mine, which is three meters wide and two meters tall, um, it's basically just a collection of shelves. That's all it is. That's all it's supposed to be. And uh, a few things is, are, are still missing, like um, some drawers and doors and stuff like that. And I'd like to, you know, find the time to actually build that stuff and finish the, the cupboard to make it look a bit more living room style, you know, or more practical anyway, especially with the drawers. But the material right now has exploded, and every piece of wood is three times as expensive as before. So during the COVID crisis, a lot of people made a lot of money, and my stocks are not doing too well at the moment. Still need some patience, I suppose. So fuck that. You know, everybody's getting rich except me. So... I'm looking forward maybe to uh, lower prices. Maybe it gets a bit more normal somewhere around that line. Maybe I can find cheaper wood, you know, somewhere else. Different retailer, different store. Who knows? If that's not the case, I will most likely do something else in that time. But uh, for now, during the Christmas days, um, I am... Oh, wait a second. I need my whiskey. Yeah, I am drinking a whiskey again. This time, it's a cheap one. I don't even remember the name. I just bought it out of spite because I wanted to get drunk eventually. 
which is not going to happen tonight because I'm too tired to get drunk. <laughs> if that even makes sense. Jesus. You know, it's not like I get drunk every night. I just, um, this, this whiskey is bad. Not terrible, but it's bad. It has a slight bitter taste when once you swallowed the shit. Like I said, cheap whiskey. This one was overpriced, I suppose. 20 bucks for this bottle, and it, you know, it smells more like medicine. It tastes like shit. Uh, never mind. It's going to do the job. Um, today, I would like to less talk about some random crap about my life. Not too much ranting. I don't want to, uh, you know, go off on, on, on several topics at once. I would like to talk about my work and my drawings for a change. Something that I maybe should have done sooner a couple of times. But today, tonight, yeah, it seems to be the right moment. Because I have done a very simple comic book style illustration um, based on a bunch of illustrations that I've done for an old friend of mine, um, the one who actually donated the MacBook for me. So I still have some some commissions open there for him over uh, the holidays, which is pretty much almost the only thing I'm going to do, aside from, well, studying, I suppose. I'm still stuck on, on that and, and writing my novel if I can. Maybe back to my Jason Voorhees comic. I don't know. I don't know. I, what about painting? Fucking A, I haven't been painting in, in weeks. Or, you know, practicing with my microcorg. I haven't been doing that. <laughs> it's too much of everything, I suppose. But I still enjoy it nonetheless. So, let's get down to it, right? Let's not waste any time. I don't want to waste your precious time. Uh, so... Um, the first picture, I linked everything to my Instagram account. Um, I decided to do this instead because I think most people by now should be, well, comfortable with uh, Instagram in one way or the other. Not necessarily private use, but maybe following other people. And you might just maybe, you know, if you have nothing else to do, you can follow me around. I occasionally upload a few pictures of my bike tours and photograph the nature side of this Bavarian outback place here and the forests, which is still kind of beautiful. And um, I'm looking forward to more cycling, actually, but at the moment, it's really too cold. Uh, I can barely feel my fingers outside. We have like minus 10, roughly, minus, minus 8, minus 10 degrees Celsius, which is too cold for me. I need a bit more. <laughs> I need it warmer, like plus 5, plus 6. I'd be a happy camper, but minus 10, you know, I don't have the clothing for that kind of sport. Um, I, I have ordered some stuff. Uh, two new sweaters, I think, and, and some uh, specific thermal underwear just to keep, you know, the, the upper torso warm. Because for some reason, I, I, I freeze there quite easily. Maybe it's because of my age, because I'm reaching almost 100 next year. But that might be a different case. Or a different story. So let's get back to the uh, drawing here. This is, like I said, just one sample out of the the others, but it's the more I think it's the most prettiest one from the bunch, and I took that as an example to roughly talk about it and how I did that. So 
Um, right off the bat, I did this on my MacBook. I used the Wacom tablet Cintiq 16, which is, to my knowledge, in that price range, one of the cheapest models that you can buy. It's not too small for me personally. It has a full HD display and the pen works quite well. It runs without any specific configuration on the MacBook with the uh, you know necessary Mac drivers. Um, never had any issues except one. And that is an issue that happened on my PC before. And it happened on my Mac occasionally. It's a bit annoying, but you can actually work around that quite easily to get that thing under control or at least erased. Um, that is a lag that sometimes happens. Not in... No, maybe, maybe lag is the wrong word. Lag is something else. What I have is a freeze. The cursor being controlled or at least manipulated by the pen occasionally just fucking freezes for whatever reason. I don't know. Back in the older days, before I had this Mac, I was using my PC as a workstation, which I built myself with all the hardware and everything that was necessary. And I had 16 gigabytes of RAM on a Windows 10 machine, which is okay, but it's not enough for Photoshop and everything else. For some gaming, sure, I mean, it should be suffice. Video editing, no. You need more, period. Photoshop, most people claim Photoshop runs just fine, even with 8 gigabytes of RAM. 16 should be perfect, so they say. I disagree with that completely. I bought 64 gigabytes of RAM, uh, fast enough to match the clock speed of my, my processor, just to give the extra boost and power in, in, in the memory capacity. Because I know for a fact that when Photoshop runs and you're, you're opening up files and, you know, adding layers and it's getting bigger, you're adding material, you're adding JPEGs or whatever, and just maybe opening up multiple files, you know, to copy maybe colors or, or some portion of, of a layer and just implement that to the next drawing and all that. And, you know, um, your memory is full within a few seconds. And what Windows does, um, no matter what kind of software or application you're using, once the RAM is full, it's, it's still trying to calculate the necessary, let's say, the most highest priority of, of, of operations that your software and OS is using. But once that RAM is full, temporary files are created on the hard disk to, well, to shove all the rest in there. And these temporary files can be gigantic. They can become multiple gigabytes of size or even more than that, you know, just to be able to actually unpack and store for a while, at least, all that data that is necessary to, to, to manipulate and to work on these files in order to get them running while the main uh, operations and tasks and processes are being processed fast through RAM as fast as it can. The more RAM you have, the less trouble the programs will have. And Photoshop is one of those examples because um, rendering and everything else is a tick faster with 64 gigabytes of RAM. Um, video editing, I don't know. I've never tried it in all these, these years, I almost said, since I, you know, last moved out and broke up from that crazy woman there. And... <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I used to do uh, video editing and shooting on, on a Sony camera and, you know, trying to uh, cut these, these video snips together and make something of it. I used to upload that stuff on YouTube. Some of these videos are still up there. But I did that on my PC with 16 gigabytes of RAM. And I got to say that was kind of tough for a moment. There, You have lags. You have uh, moments where the program just freezes because, you know, you just don't have enough uh, RAM power to actually process everything. The processor was doing fine. Never had any issues. But RAM is very essential. So long story short, um, that was back then when I did, you know... Um, the, the Photoshop thing on my PC, which I'm not doing anymore. Um, I did use the Wacom Cintiq tablet with that Windows machine for over two years now, at least over two years. Um, short story is I actually gambled in a casino in the Philippines to get the money to buy that thing. So, you know, it, it really happened. It was kind of cool. I met my dad there. Man, those were, those were great days, you know, before he got sick. So keep that in my memory. Mm. I had a freezing issue with that cursor on the Windows machine running 16 gigabytes of RAM. And the lags were more severe and happened more often. Let's say after 20 minutes of drawing, you had a lag. Sometimes after 15 minutes... You had a freeze or a larger lag or no reaction at all. In, in, in order to bypass that, you had to move your mouse or provoke some other input method. Keyboard eh, didn't really work that well, but the mouse, you know, it was about the cursor. So if you move the mouse, uh, your Wacom tablet would be just fine and your, your pen would react again. On, on rare occasions, uh, the Wacom tablet would not move anything the pen wouldn't react to anything maybe because the drivers were just corrupted or just crashed or something i don't know but when i upgraded to 64 gigs of ram that freeze still happened but only after an hour of usage roughly an hour speaking so you know even uh, even if the freeze occurred it was only a short period of time so i do believe that having more ram might do the trick and you know if there is something else involved let me know. Um, this freeze is something that still occurs on the Mac. Um, almost just as frequent, but you can bypass it by just, you know, if, the, if your pen is not reacting, then you just play around with your touchpad or mouse or whatever, and it's fine. In only one instance, it happened that the pen completely crashed, or at least the Wacom tablet did not register anything that the pen was doing. That was annoying. Uh, I don't really remember what I did to actually get that back running. That being said, I am not using Photoshop on my Mac. I have bought a cheaper solution. I've been using Affinity Photo to um, illustrate whatever comes to mind. I'm trying to get behind that software and use it more frequently now. And I have to say, it's really stunning. And with the latest update, it runs quite smooth and fast enough on the M1 chip. It's a, a great experience, at least for me, from everything that I, I used to do, uh, things that I will do in the future. I will focus more on working on Infinity until... Uh, affinity, not Infinity, Affinity. 
to uh, to master this software to my to my liking, to make more illustrations and all that. And um, what something that's really cool about this this application is their choices of brushes and the effects that these brushes do are more realistic than what Photoshop does. Um, even with the presets, quite realistic, and it looks beautiful when, when you just draw your lines or try to color something. It's really cool, and, and I think anybody could really get behind that software without a huge learning curve. I think the learning curve is quite small if you come from Photoshop or something similar than Photoshop. And switching over to, to Affinity, um, I think you'll have a great time. And it's not really expensive. I paid, I think, roughly 60 bucks for a, a full licensed version. I can live with that. That's not really money. And I will probably purchase at the end of the year if I'm still um, thinking about it. I don't use it right now. I don't have to use it. But I might do it in the future. The Affinity Illustrator uh, variety, and their version of a photo... Uh, Sorry, <laughs> their version of uh, Adobe Illustrator, which is supposed to be also very, very powerful and versatile in usage. And I think it's one of those uh, great programs where you can use bitmaps and vector graphics at the same time and just jump from file to file, I think, even in between the applications. I think that's possible. I read that somewhere. I've never tested it because I just have Affinity Photo, but right now that's all I need so about this drawing um, the first image the first screenshot is the final uh, screenshot of the actual sketch which you start with and I uh, I tried to force myself to use a different color for sketching instead of just black because if you use ink anyway or trying to you to uh, simulate the ink for the outlines when you're tracing everything. It might be better to trace over a different color than gray or black. You see it much easily, uh, much more easy, easier. And, and um, I think everything is, is easier to be recognized to, to trace or modify anyway when you're uh, down in, in tracing and all that. And uh, there is actually an ink brush that is called inking, at least in, in German, um, the uh, traditional, there's a traditional word for inking in, in, in pitch black, which is called tuschen, okay? Tusche is actually the black ink, the, the real old traditional black ink, not the modern ones for, for students and schools and stuff like that. We're talking about the real deal here. Uh, it's, I used to draw in, in real black ink, Many years ago, I think 20 years ago, I, I did that with, with a pen, a feather, uh, almost every day. And I kept practicing to draw actually mangas, which I didn't do very well, to be honest. But um, it was an interesting practice, and I was obsessed with uh, that kind of hobby. And I kept putting everything into it until I eventually had to force myself to give up on it because I couldn't sell this stuff. I think I told that story before. And I moved away from, from drawing anything related to manga because it, when I was younger, it was appealing because it was the, the next new big thing. But right now, I don't care about anything in, in that regards. And not that I don't like it. I do like mangas. I like the, the anime. I like the Japanese drawing styles. 
I don't like to draw in that style anymore. It's no fun. It used to be fun because I thought I could master it, but in the end I was just trying to copy something and then forcing my own style into that copy, and that's no fun. The best thing you can do is actually just, you know, practice by copying uh, people that you just admire, artists which, you know, whom you grew up on or something, and just, you know, uh, copy their style or just copy specific images to find out how exactly did they do that. How are they drawing, uh, you know, the, the bodies, the torso, the faces, the eyes and everything. The face is always the most important thing. And, um, yeah, well, anyway, in this sketch here, like I said, it's, it's just um, um, a funny-looking, goofy comic book style that I just threw out there, really. Never practiced anything of it. It's just something that I did out of... Uh, by chance, I think, and um, um, uh, my friend liked it. He just used them right away without anything being changed. I could add more shades, of course, more texture to to backgrounds, which I, to be honest, I don't like doing, especially when it's about something simple like these these gag comic styles. I don't think too much detail is necessary. The less you have, sometimes the better. At least the expressions have to be fine. The poses should be easy and, and, you know, easy, understandable and recognizable for anybody who's looking at them. And, um, yeah, that's it. And the, the, the image, before anyone is asking, so I don't forget, um, the image is based on a, sh a short story which is supposed to be a part of a working sheet for educational purposes. You know, there are some tasks in there and you have to figure out something. I haven't seen the, the full draft yet. But um, he gave me a few lines of that story, which is supposed to be a joke. A guy who has been stealing at night uh, multiple times, you know, steals from neighbors. He gets caught by the police and gets arrested. And while he's in jail, he's writing a letter to his girlfriend, you know, um, uh, lying, actually, by saying that he, everything that he stole, especially the expensive stuff, is all buried on the soil of his farmland. And his wife, the police is, of course, you know, reading that stuff and, and thinking, okay, this guy's a fool. He just told us where, where the stuff is. So they move out there and just plow his, his soil and his ground while his, his wife or girlfriend is just freaking out. And, and uh, that's basically it. Um, and I think the, at the end of that, that story, he, he, he tells her, uh, I think she she tries to reach him or wrote a letter. The police was here and they plowed everything. It looks terrible. And he says, well, now you can sow the seeds for potatoes. And um, it's not really funny, but <laughs> but who cares? I mean, it's it's his idea. It's not mine. But I like illustrating other people's ideas sometimes. And um, so I, I took the final image and wanted to make it a bit uh, goofy I think with two uh, two construction machines that are just helping, you know, digging up the ground, looking for evidence, looking for for the stolen goods. With uh, I initially wanted to to draw a very freaked out woman, you know, maybe in her pajamas or something, just jumping around the garden and complaining about the police. But I skipped that because the the picture would be too full at least for me, and 
my friend didn't need that imagery exactly like that, but he wanted to see the police officers just being clueless and they can't find anything. So that's basically it. That's what you see. And if you look at my, my, my sketches, normally my sketches are always very rough. They're just, it's like I'm, I'm just puking on the paper and that's the sketch. That's all I do. Really, I don't put any effort into it. I'm just trying to figure out where to put what, when, and why. And that's it. And sometimes I have to flesh out a little bit more just to capture a detail. And then the second layer, the second image, will show you the outlining over that sketch. Basically, um, I chose a, an, an interesting simulation of an inking brush from Affinity Photo, which works really well, especially with the pressure sensitivity with your pen. So um, you can really make interesting lines and dynamics in those lines using that software and looks great. And in my case, most of the lines look almost the same because my pressure is not changing too much, I think. It's not that dynamic as I'd like it to be because, I don't know, I, I, I'm not that fluid in drawing like some other people are, you know. And the final image is basically everything colored where I just stopped and, and didn't want to add anything else to it because it wasn't necessary in my opinion. If you have to realize that these images become very, very small on these worksheets, they're just documents like, you know, PDFs and, and um, Microsoft Docs and stuff like that. These, these formats, just one A4 page with lots of text that this guy has just pulled out of his head, um, creating every sheet by himself based on his own knowledge and research that he does, depending on the topic he's talking about to educate children and, and teenagers and stuff like that. So to just, you know, to make the sheet look interesting, my drawings occasionally pop up from time to time on one sheet or the other and, you know, vice versa. And... I draw them mostly on A4 or like at least a document of A5, like half of A4, mostly in landscape mode. And then I just, you know, draw anything that comes to mind. I send it to him and he likes it and he just squeezes it. He squeezes it down, scales it down to a size where it's appropriate for the document. And it becomes very small. So basically, you don't really see everything, all those details. You see enough to understand what he's talking about, to understand the text. That's basically it. And what I'd like to do in Affinity, just to uh, get a sense for it, I, I, I came from Photoshop with a sense that I use the filling tool as, as much as I can to fill out empty spaces with a base color, like, you know, a basic color, a basic color for skin tone, for backgrounds, for, for trees, for grass, whatever, you know. And I set everything up that the fill tool would respectfully just acknowledge every layer and just follow, you know, the outlines where it's possible, where nothing was, where no outlines were broken or bleeding or anything like that. So it, it could fill just every area as fast as possible. But it has the negative side effect of if you save that image in the end and export it to JPEG or to a different compressed file, then you would actually see some bleeding gaps there between white in the background or transparency that used to be transparency then becomes white. There is no clean um, 
connection between one color and the outlines. So you always have to uh, keep drawing or painting on those background colors to match every corner of the outline so that this effect could not happen. Now that I'm using Affinity, this kind of feature is not there, at least not to my understanding. I try to find it. I try to activate it somehow and use um, every layer in account to use the fill tool with, depending on which layer I'm actually active. And it doesn't work like that. It, it's You can do some kind of filling with it. You can, of course, do the gradient effects, which are great to use. And it's very simple, very effective, the way it's being done in Affinity. But what I've been doing now is just, I use it like I'm, I'm using paper or a canvas and just paint on it. So I use different layers for different... Uh, different colors, different shades, outlines, everything. And I jump back and forth until I find everything that I need. Basically, I start with a base color for, let's say, the sky or the ground or just, especially the characters, I try to put a bit more detail and color and shading into the characters, into the figures. So let's say some light blue for the police officers and some darker blue for the shades. I like to use, if I can, the same layer for th for both. Because why not? It's not always necessary to use various layers for all sorts of shading because it's, bu it's bullshit. If you know what you're doing and you think that you're suffice with five or six layers, then you choose your color for just the figures, everything that's in the foreground. You just paint it while the outlines, the ink, so to speak, is on top of everything else. So every other layer will be just underneath which is the easiest way to work, in my opinion. Then you can use vector graphics for filling, which takes too long, at least for me. If you've got a pen and you have your colors and brushes that you like to work with to make deep, uh, fulfilling colors, just um, high in contrast and, and um, opacity and everything, it just you can just smash the colors in there and it works just fine. And I used even really supersized brushes, like uh, we're talking of 200 or 300 pixels in, in, in diameter. And I could gently, with a gentle brush touch, maneuver that, that cursor in various corners and angles without overbleeding everything. And with a you know, slight addition of pressure, you can just fill everything. and just it, you, you really get behind that quite quickly, and I think it works just as good as Photoshop. Maybe even better, maybe. Depends what you're using, I suppose. But for me, I'm a diehard Wacom fan. I used Wacom when I was a teenager. I still use it today. Um, never tried anything else. If one thing works out good for you, despite specific lags or freezes that can happen occasionally, I do not believe that any other manufacturer does a tremendous better job in everything and charges less money for their devices. I'd, I'd stay away from that. I don't want to experiment. I don't want to buy anything from that. I don't fucking care. And yeah, that's a different, different story. Altogether, anyway, um, coloring, well, like I said, I just, I treat the whole file like a piece of paper. I just have to be careful on which layer I am. Then I take my favorite brush 
or they'll take a marker or a different kind of brush, dry brushes like chalk and, and stuff like that, or at least something that simulates chalk, if you know what I mean, or crayons. And you can do uh, on the same color layers just some shading, because if you're satisfied with the colors that you've used, you can just you can save time and just shade over the same things, and you don't need masks necessarily necessarily if you're working with a pen. You just need a specific size and a little bit of practice, and you just get the hang of it. At least I do, and um, you can just gently. Uh, brush all around, you know, inside those borders, inside uh, the ink lines where your shading needs to be, at least according to the light source of, of your image. And I do mistakes sometimes too when that happens. And mostly I don't notice it really until I look at it like three, four times. Then I think to myself, God damn it, I was too drunk that night. I have to redo this. But mostly it looks okay. You know, and if, as long as I get paid or people just like it as a gift or anything like that, then it's fine. It's a different thing, of course, when you're doing it in real life um, on paper or cardboard or canvas. Then it's a different thing. But in, in, in Affinity, you can get pretty far with a, a creative input of any kind. So that worked out quite fine. And I like doing it. Um, I will do more illustrations over... The holidays, like I said, because I have to get them done. Um, my my good old pal, he needs them for some other projects to um, stack up his worksheet collection for his website. If you like to check out his website, where a lot of my material is on it, some material is really good, other material, eh, not so good, some look really crappy. But, you know, I had good days and bad days. He likes everything I do for whatever reason, I don't know. He's just a very nice, generous guy. And like I said, if you want to check it out, he's uh, from Switzerland. The site is called learning-and-doing.ch. Um, or just type in Google learning and doing Switzerland, learning and doing CH, and you will find it. You will find uh, Hugo Comics that I've been working on for many years. I have done a break. In the meantime, I heard from him, actually, that these... Comics for me were are being used or reused in a local newspaper. I've never seen the newspaper before. I I never had a copy of it in my hands, but I was told that they printed it, so that's fine. You know, I, I don't get any royalties from it. Uh, that's his business. I did these drawings for him. What he does with it, you know, it's it's uh, not that important for me. I just really really enjoy having him as a friend. And a supporter, and I'm really, really thankful for that. And I, I'm, I'm patting my MacBook every day and giving it a big hug and kiss. So, that being said, that is everything that I wanted to talk about about this drawing. I think um, I'm thinking about something else that I could implement here, but at the moment, not really. I think I will probably. Maybe lie down and watch a movie or something. I had I had a really rough week uh, during the nights. I don't know why. I couldn't sleep. It's annoying as hell, maybe because of full moon phase or something like that. I haven't paid any attention to, to that stuff, but it could be. It could be that there's something up. 
My health, excuse me, my health is doing fine. Uh, no COVID problems here whatsoever. I, I know a couple of people actually had the infection. Um, they had no issues, uh, except for one person, uh, an older woman actually, and she lied in the hospital with those, with really nasty uh, 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 symptoms, I think. I'm, I'm not sure if she needed additional oxygen or anything like that. I don't know. I haven't asked. I don't want to. It's, it's, um, I think they just want to be left alone with that topic. It was close enough anyway. Uh, yeah, for me personally, like I said, I am doing fine. In case you're wondering, uh, no, I stay Christmas at home. Right now with a, we have a light lockdown version where the government wants us to, you know, not really reach out to people in general unless it's really necessary, like the closest family members and stuff like that. And I don't have any family in Germany. There's no one here except, well, I, I used to have contact to an aunt of mine, sister of my, my father's, a very nice woman, but we sort of grew apart. We never had a very intense contact. Uh, in general, many reasons why, and I don't want to get into that, that would just explode the podcast. But um, since I'm living out here uh, for so many years now in, in Bavaria, I don't have much contact to anybody from North Germany anymore. Um, the one person that I missed, I think, the most is an old uh PC games nerd friend of mine, someone whom I've known for, oh, Jesus, let me think, 25 years. Um, his name is Emil. Um, one of the most positive people I have ever met. Really just a shining bright star, but um, unfortunately he destroyed his life using drugs. Uh, he sort of, he fell into a very dark, deep hole when he was 16, 17. And he took LSD for a while and he didn't pay attention and took an overdose. And um, he had a seizure afterwards. Then he landed in the hospital in a, in a specific, uh, you know, drug clinic where they had to sober him up somehow and, and just clean his system which was an agonizing process, but, you know, it's, he took the drugs. He's got to pay the price, right? He can be thankful that he didn't die. And But because of the LSD drugs that he took, it, it's, it's hard to... I think I talked about that topic a long time ago on a, in a different podcast, some, some episode I did. I do like the guy. I care for him to some degree, because he's still my friend, and I never, I never dropped contact him, but he's, he's dead broke, you know, he doesn't have a job, he has no skills really, except, yeah, maybe some, some computer skills, I, I think, but he, he's been out of work for over 20 years, he's incapable of, of working, steady working, and focusing on something, without him losing his mind. Because his brain has been damaged so severely by the drugs. It's, it's really, there are so many repercussions that will come up to him. 
and haunt him for the rest of his life. He's actually seeing things still. He has visions of people that he sees, old ladies sitting in his, his apartment on his couch, but there's nobody there, but he sees them. He, he, he claims he sees them in full detail. And they're sometimes in his apartment the entire time. That's creepy as fuck, you know. And I try to explain it to them sometimes. You know what happened to you. You know exactly that you have these visions because your brain is malfunctioning because of the drugs. You must be aware of that. And he said, yeah, of course. I know that I, I messed up my brain pretty bad. So I told him, then you know that what you see is not real. And he said, on the phone, with a very high-pitched voice, like he was nervous or something, and he said to me, no, she is real. I can talk to her. And I freaked out like hell. I had like, my skin was crawling. That's how, how deep he's in the shitters with, with the drugs like that. He has to take antidepressants to actually get through the day or the week. And above all, above all these negative experiences, he's still very positive. You know, he's a very likable guy, very gentle guy. He never harms anyone. He's never violent or, you know, betrays anybody. He's a bit too naive, like he's, he's trapped in, in the brain of a child sometimes or a naive teenager who just discovered what he's capable of doing. And he's over 40 now, 43, actually. And he's going to be 44 next year. Um, the sad thing about this, why I'm talking about him, is I'd like to talk to him for Christmas sake, just, you know, getting in contact with him, asking him how he's doing, checking up on him. But I can't reach him. Uh, I don't think that he's... I don't think that he's in, in trouble, but I know that he's pretty much in debt. He is... He's. Uh, he, he can't pay the bills that he used to be able to pay. Um, he he bought too much crap, stuff he didn't need, and made contracts, you know, like um, mobile phone contracts and uh, internet contracts, you know, providers and stuff like that. And he couldn't pay them anymore. So the lawyers are up his ass trying to get uh, the money and their piece of the pie for their clients and my friend is pretty much busted. You know, Emil is just, he's, he's done for because he has to file for bankruptcy, for private bankruptcy, where the government is taking care of him, sort of, and his money problems. But he, it is prohibited for him to sign any kind of money deal contract where a service is actually provided for the next 10 years because he's incapable of paying it, and he's incapable of taking care of that kind of stuff. The last thing I did was I, I wrote him a message when he opened up to me about that stuff, and I said, look, you have to pull yourself together. You know, you can't just keep on buying stuff that you cannot afford. Are you crazy? Nothing good will ever come out of it. You will never be free. You will, He's still... Uh, living from some sort of welfare program that is government-funded uh, while he's receiving retirement money because he's incapable of working and he's receiving the smallest amount possible because he never contributed anything to society. 
in his, during his life because he fucked he fucked himself up, you know. Actually, when he started working and, and, and you know training for a job during those days, he started drugs. So he never showed up on time. He never went to work. He never called his boss, and they just threw him out. Of course, you know, anybody would. And ever since that time, it never got any better. And it's, I mean, the first few years, the first five to ten years, they were tough. Talking to him was almost impossible because he could never pay attention. His mind was working like two steps ahead in the future. And he was speaking in like three, four sentences in one. And you try to make sense of what he was saying. <laughs> almost impossible. So that has become a bit better. That has improved. But... Um, well, I hate to say it, but I think his life is pretty much over. Um, I'd like to help him somehow if I can, but I cannot pay his debts and I cannot pay the loans or whatever problems he has. Maybe he went to money sharks. I have no idea. But it's it's a sad story. It really is. Um, I do wish him well, but we tried many different things, at least some ideas to help him out to, you know, get back on, 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 on the streets again, to get back into social life, get a small part-time job a few hours a week just to get back into some kind of realistic cycle to sustain himself. It's almost impossible. So I, I have to admit, I don't think that he's going to have a normal life any time in his lifetime. I think that much is done. Because the damage to his brain is so severe, I don't think he can ever recover. Which is really, you know, I, I, I wish it was different, but um, it's his own fault. No one else is to blame, I'm sorry, it's his fault. Hmm. And what you learn from this, you don't take drugs. You drink whiskey, you don't take drugs. That being said, I'll leave you... Uh, with this tiny little funny illustration. And I will send you off back into Christmas. Um, spending Christmas time alone is has become normal for me because I don't celebrate Christmas, of course. I, there is no reason to. But I do try to keep the Christmas spirit up for other people. If Believe it or not, um, Christmas was a bit grim for many of us. Uh, many of my colleagues from work, you know, my, my day job. So I bought lots of um, Christmas candy, Christmas chocolate, you know, in in style of a very tiny uh, Santa Claus and stuff like that. And just, you know, just um, I went to work a bit earlier. I have to get up at 4 a.m. at least to make it. So you can imagine how fucked up I was because I go to bed too late because I can't fall asleep and I had... Weird dreams, like I said. It, it felt really, really weird. I'm so glad that I have a weekend now for myself. I can try to regenerate. Anyway, I grabbed the chocolate, went to work, then I, I snuck into the offices where my colleagues are sitting, and I, I went to every desk and placed chocolate there as a gift. Never told anyone anything about this. I just wanted to surprise them. Because, you know, Christmas time, because of COVID and everything and bad business, uh, in general, for the entire country, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, most people show a frown. It's not, it doesn't feel like Christmas. There is no Christmas spirit, really. And everybody's pissed and depressed. So 
I brought the chocolate and you know gave it to everybody. And it's eventually, after a couple of days, uh, they they did figure out from whom it was, and um, they were all kind of flattered and had a smile on their face. And that's the only reason why I did that. And uh, yeah, I I don't I, I don't think I have to be proud of that kind of stuff, but. It's just that, you know, I like making other people happy. I think that's fine. There's nothing that I lose from it. You know, I I think I have their respect on every occasion, but this is something else. This goes more into a private, um, a private area where I think that showing some sympathy to other people and showing them that you like them is sometimes okay and should be done eventually, you know, especially if people have bad days anyway or a bad time in life and i enjoyed it uh, i made these guys a bit happy they had big smiles on their face and that's fine for me that was my christmas i am done with this shit i'm going back home um drinking my whiskey making my fire in the fireplace listening to the crackling wood and continue drawing i'm thinking of you guys i'm sending positive energy and positive whiskey or something to your place stay healthy be kind to each other enjoy uh, the time with your friends and family because you can always be happy with your friends and family but this is the time of year where it's kind of a celebration or a tradition to do this kind of stuff no matter if you believe it or not or if you have any kind of religion whatsoever that connects to this holiday it doesn't matter just enjoy And I'll see you next time, maybe at the end of the year before uh, New Year's, maybe sooner, maybe later, I don't know. Depends what I'm up to. I wish you all the best, guys. Take care, and good night.